0: This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help.
1: He has time, launches it to the end zone.
2: Touchdown, Terrence Williams! It goes to the right side for Crabtree, it's caught. Oh he oh. Plays. Oh, he's going to hire Red Raider! at the ten. put he up the right sideline! Yeah, he has got to
1: go, he's tackled, Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS catch-
0: very much steering the Max Duggan Heisman train. There, I said it. I said it. I just had the H word right away. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, the managing editor of Texas basketball, assistant managing editor of Texas football. I said basketball first because that's on my mind right now. (laughs) I literally just spent the whole uh, day doing nothing but that. Uh, That voice you hear next to me is our college football insider, Mike Craven. Mike, what's up, man?
1: I'm hanging in there, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. For those who don't know, I have uh, Crohn's disease and it is winning the battle of today. Yeah, I'm
0: 0-1 today. (laughs) Trying to get at least 1-1, get back to 500 at least. Uh, We appreciate, of course, Mike being in here. uh, Making sure that you can hear us very well is Mallory Hartley, everyone's favorite Mal pal. Hello Mallory.
3: Hey guys, good to be here, as always.
0: Fresh, have that East Lansing glow still. I I don't know if
3: it's glow. (laughs) We uh, did, did you, still lose, but
1: did you go to Arlington because it matched the
0: color scheme of your favorite team? Of course. I, your da- yeah, I was about to tell your dad, like where's the district of, of this where's the district of the yeah. school? It's perfect. <laughs> that, right that's
3: there. exactly right. Thank you for noticing <laughs> that. I appreciate that. <laughs> so
0: on today's show, we're gonna jump right in. We cause we got a special guest. We got Jake Spavidall, Tech State head coach. We had so we're gonna jump right into our games right off the top. We're gonna of course start off with our games of the week. And you know what? Let's just get right into it. TCU, Oklahoma State, Mike Craven, this is your game of the week. I know Mallory typically introduces it. I will let you go and introduce them uh, formally as we go on. I was just kind of transitioning naturally.
3: so uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good transition. Thank you. All right, let's get into it. <clears throat> we'll start off with Craven's game of the week, like Ish just said, and it's TCU versus Oklahoma State this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on ABC. TCU favored by 3.5, over-under set at 68.5. Craven, what you think? You're going to be at this game, aren't you?
1: This one feels like it's going to be pointy. I, I know we think about Oklahoma State as this defensive team that, that wins that way, but you know, they gave up. 30-plus points and 300-plus yards to Texas Tech with their third-string quarterback. They allowed Mm -hmm. Blake Shapin to have his best day as a passer at Baylor, even in a win earlier this year. Spencer Spencer Sanders has been playing great, mistake-free for the most part football. Uh, Max Duggan doing the same thing. It almost feels like a mirror-image game here where we're going to find out who the best team in the Big 12 is. From doing research, I found something that I thought was really interesting statistically. They both average exactly 46.4 points per game
0: interesting okay. and the
1: defenses allow within a one point of each other yeah. TCUs at 23 and a half Oklahoma states at 24 and a half so this is about as even of a matchup as you can get I think TCUs getting those three and a half points you know three of them for being at home this is pretty much a pick em game and the winner takes the inside track at a real you know, not an easy route, but a definitely easier route to one of those two spots in the Big 12 championship game.
0: Yeah. I think Max, looking at Max Duggan's games against Oklahoma State and again, new offense, all that stuff. But I think it lends in his favor that he's played pretty well against them. 29 to 39 for 258 in 2019, which was not a good Max Duggan here. Let me, let me preface that a uh, little bit. He struggled a little bit in 2020, but they won 29, uh, 22. He was 12 of 26 two sixty five through the air and had over a hundred yards on the ground. And so I think I think I agree. I think this is going to be pointy, and I think that the thing that's going to separate this one is I don't I don't know if TCU is going to want to. They're going to want to run the ball, but as you mentioned, Oklahoma State's been very vulnerable through the air. Right, their secondary has been pretty bad against uh, teams that just show any semblance of passing the ball, and so I wonder if we see them. We're not going to see them throw sixty times, but if we see maybe high thirties, low forties from Max Duggan, he's. Obviously, we've seen he's very confident in that. Um, the defense has slipped a lot. They're 98th in echo uh, points per, um, sorry, echo rate, uh, 100th in EPA per pass. They're actually really bad on early downs as well. Mm-hmm. Early downs EPA, they're 113th compared to TCU, who is third on offense in early downs EPA. So very, Garrett Riley's very aggressive, gets a lot of good yards, puts themselves in very manageable third and uh, fourth and short situations to where they go for it. I like tcu this could be a i mean depending on how the season folds out this may or may not be a preview of a rematch potentially in the big 12 championship game and we mentioned it last week tcu kansas would be in a like i don't want to say an eliminator but more or less an eliminator of uh of a potential uh contender this one could you know whoever wins this now is in the driver's seat probably for the big 12 to at least be in the big 12 championship and we're starting
1: to get to that time of year where we start asking the Sunday Dykes question. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. You know, it's like these fast starts are, are par for the course. When he was at SMU, they went 8-0 to start 2019, 6-1 and one to start 2020, 7-1 to start 2021, mm-hmm. right? They're, he's had combined 26-2 and two in September and October <laughs> as a head coach over the last four years. Yeah. So he can get it done earlier in the year. But later on, they were 4-8 and eight after October 31st, the last three years at SMU. The schedule gets tougher Conference teams know your personnel more, Mm -hmm. know what you're going to do, so maybe being a first-year guy in the Big 12 helps them a little bit. There's not as much of a book on what Garrett Riley wants to do, uh, what that defense with Joe Gillespie wants to do. So maybe this is that year that they can buck that trend. But the schedule gets tougher for TCU down the stretch. they got Oklahoma State at home this week, Kansas State again next week. They still had not played Texas Tech, Texas, or Baylor. So uh, we still have a lot to figure out with TCU that second half against – Kansas last week worries me for the defense. Sure, sure. Now, it could be explained away of we we game planned for a completely different type of quarterback. They, they ran a different thing in the second half. Our keys were off. It was more about that. But they gave up a lot of points. They gave up a lot of yards through the air. What is that secondary going to look like? Because as we mentioned earlier, Spencer Sanders, not the turnover machine that he used to be anymore. He's very good. He's, been he's, this he's ridding that skin, right? He yeah. shed that skin. So for TCU, you're going to probably have to win this the old-fashioned way, not be able to count on turnovers. And we can just see if the Max Duggan train rolls on and on, That running game, though, Mm -hmm. they didn't run the ball as well against Kansas. If they can get back to averaging five yards or plus against Oklahoma State, I think TCU wins this game.
0: Spencer Sanders, 19th in the country in QBR right now. It's 78.6. 12 touchdowns is just two picks. Again, that's been the MO for him is turning the ball over. He's not doing that this year. Oklahoma State looks fantastic on offense. They're back to like a Mike Gundy offense, basically, uh, this year.
3: Do you think the Big 12 has to be one of the most conf- – probably the most confusing Power 5 conferences out there? Just because in every other Power 5 conference, I think you at least know who's going to be number one or at least number two. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, think the, the Big 12 is probably the most confusing out of all They're the deepest. Yeah. The de- it's, it's, that's a good That's a good way to put it. The, the most deepest. Yes, yes. I'd yes. say,
0: yeah, I'd and say a, right now they're – yes, because you could talk yourself into about four teams. Yes. Uh, ACC, I would put up there the, – I think the Big 12 is better than the ACC, don't get me wrong, but I'm similarly like – I mean, people are putting Clemson up there, but I'm right. like, uh, yeah, like Wake Forest you know, last thing, year, yeah, I was yeah. about to say, Wake Forest was there, Pitt was, I mean, they're not there this year, but as far as deep depth and quality, I think Big 12 from right to,
3: now. literally from top to bottom. Sure, yeah. I like think, West, yeah.
0: Again, West Virginia is the worst team right. there and like, that's fine. Okay, put them to the side, but like, it feels like everybody can get got by anybody in this conference. Right.
3: I mean,
1: right now. To that point, West Virginia is the worst team in the Big 12. Yeah. They're only three and a half point underdogs to Baylor this week. True. You yeah. know, so that's, every, that's, everything that's is pretty even. You yep. know, And I, I think that's what's going to make the Big 12 interesting, even when Texas and Oklahoma leave, mm-hmm. is we can go to every conference and pick out three of the three best schools. Yeah. Right. And that's true 98% of the time. Occasionally it changes a little bit here and there, but for the most part it's Ohio State and Michigan, the Big Ten, for example. Right. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, USC out west, right? Oregon. Mm-hmm. And the Big 12, when UT and Oklahoma leave and that power vacuum goes away, and now it's Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, Baylor, UCF. Texas Tech, UCF. It's going to
3: flow even more wide open. Yeah. Every TCU is gonna be awesome. Like it's really
1: gonna be an awesome conference to watch with a lot of parody.
3: Yep, yep. All right, let's move on to my game of the week. Surprise, surprise. This is not a homer move. Craven actually suggested Mm. this one. I don't believe (laughs) it. North Texas hosting law Tech this Saturday at 3 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. North Texas coming in at as a six and a half point favorites, the over under. Set at 70 and a half.
1: I'm going to give some people betting advice real quick. <laughs> okay. Hammer that under. Yeah, I thought that was, had to be wrong. It's dropped down to 68, so you can't get that number anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so high because North Texas gives up so many <laughs> offensive touchdowns. They've, right. they've given up so many pick sixes, a couple of fumble returns, a couple of returns on, on special teams and stuff uh, to where that their defense looks worse than it is on paper. Sure. If they can avoid turnovers – they should be able to beat Law Tech. I mean, Law Tech's not that good. Yeah. They beat UTEP by double digits, mm-hmm. but that was a bad UTEP performance in the first half. They were pretty much even after the, the second quarter. And so North Texas runs the ball well.
3: I was going to say, they should be able to establish that run game yeah. pretty early and beat Law Tech up front. And
1: Law Tech doesn't run the ball at all. No. Yeah. You know, they're an old-school air raid type offense that is averages the coach. under yeah. 100 yards rushing a game. So North Texas should be able to win this one in the trenches. They're coming off of a bye week. It feels like a mean green. I think they're favored by six and a half, we said. Um, It it feels like a mean green by a touchdown or more type game.
0: Right. Yeah, basically. I mean, like you mentioned, LaTex, and a passing offense that can't really pass right now. Again, that's year one under Sonny Cumbie. Um, They're kind of, I mean, geez, they're 108th in passing EPA. They're 119th in rushing EPA. Like, they're really not great, basically, at anything on offense and North Texas defense been solid, right? Passing off, passing defense has been pretty solid. I think they should be able to control that game on that side of the ball. If they, get, this could
3: they gotta get pressure on that quarterback.
0: Oh, sure, they'll. I think and I think they will, honestly, because yeah. um, they're
3: mistake prone. Oh, exactly. He's thrown a ton of picks this
0: year. Yeah. yeah, and I think where North Texas can be comfortable is just kind of have Austinani manage the game. Yeah, right. He doesn't need to come out throwing slinging it around no. because the yeah, the other thing is LaTex defense pretty solid against the pass they're not great and i wonder i don't want north texas to get baited into be into maybe thinking they could you know dominate this game and maybe open things up and be like oh here we go they need
3: to play it safe I think, yeah. I think
0: la tech is 43rd in epa passing defense so again that is the plus side of their defense they're awful against the run win that way don't test them because as we know asinani can't th- i think he had a didn't he have a drop pick against fau like on the yeah, first drive yeah. or something like that so like it could have been a pick six right off the bat don't get baited into that please just, <laughs> just just let this go because as we've seen you know this a bowl game is still within grasp for this but they need to win the games that they're favored in and this is one right that they should it latex a rebuilding program you should be able to move past them with ease. So First
1: quarter is really important. UTEP yes. fell behind last week against Law Tech, and Gavin Hardison had to throw the ball 40-plus times.
3: Right. Yep. And I think I think if the same thing happens with UNT, I think we're going to see the same exact thing happen yep. with UNT. We've talked so. about it
1: before, but it, this this could be one of those box score games yep. where, yeah. you know, tell me how many times Austin Onyik throws the ball and tell you if North
0: Texas wins. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Exactly. So I think I'm looking back at the UTEP game right now. Yeah, and I, I completely forgot that that's how Gavin Hardison, he threw it 51 times. And – Again, good quarterback, not one that you should be putting the entire game plan on. So, yeah, I'm just kind of, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. So uh, before we get on to my game of the week, I do want to give a quick word from our sponsors at Athletes to Athletes. Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage. Every parent wants their child to be the best, but is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics, location, coaching style, financial aid? There are so many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be, complete with checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, and much, much more. This 22-page guide offers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. For a limited time, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. Just go to athletestoathletes.com forward slash Dave Campbell today to download the free recruiting guide. That's athletes, T-O, athletes.com forward slash Dave Campbell. All right, Mallory, on the phone, well first let me say my game of the week is Texas State Troy, and appropriately, on the phone, is the guy who probably earned one of his biggest wins so far at Texas State, Jake Spavital, head coach? Coach, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well, man. How you been?
0: I've been good, man. Been good, uh, man. You guys done partying over there? It looked like a <laughs> it looked like a pretty big after party uh, on the field after that game last week.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh... You know, like it was probably one of the better crowds I've ever seen at Texas State in my time here. Yeah, uh, You know, like a little over 25,000. I think it was the seventh largest uh, all-time in the history of our school. And I, I think it was the largest conference game, uh, you know, crowd that we've ever had. And, uh, man, it was awesome. It was a, it was a great uni- uh, a great night for our university and our program. And uh, just to watch them celebrate and kind of enjoy everything, it was, it was pretty fun to be a part of.
1: How much does that help the football team, right? Like, I mean, we, we talk about home crowds and just the impact that they can have on a game. But, but as a coach, as a former player who's been on a lot of sidelines, like, what is the tangible benefit of, of having that kind of support?
2: Oh, man, I think, it, I think it's very important. You know, that home field advantage, you know, it, it's very tough to go win on the road. And, and you, you sit there and you – this was the first game where I, I could feel the crowd, like, on, and on situational downs for App State you know and uh you know when you have that and and they have to kind of start talking through communication and maybe go through a silent count and and start you know kind of changing everything just due to the kind of the chaos that the crowd is bringing that home field advantage uh i'm telling you there there's a lot of thought there's a lot of uh, kind of psychological warfare going on at the same time so uh you know it it is very important and uh you know this was uh really the first time that i i've really noticed it and uh they just kind of really our players just kept feeding off the energy of that crowd. And uh, it it was kind of cool to see. And, uh, you know, like once we started kind of getting some momentum and like when the fans started engaging even more, you could see just the the confidence in our players just keep building. So that home field advantage and a great crowd is definitely something that is uh, very important in college football.
0: What did you guys kind of uh, see in that game? Because I thought that was one of the best fluid offensive performance you guys have put together. I know the defense, we'll talk about the defense in a bit, putting them in good situations. But I thought the offensive line protected Hatcher well. I thought he looked decisive. You know, what what did you guys kind of see and adjust on your end to take advantage of what they were showing?
2: Yeah, a lot of it, man, we've had a lot of moving parts, you know. Um, you know, like when we were in James Madison, we had eight of our starters go down and, Uh, you know, on offense. So, like, you know, we had seven different O-line units go through that entire game. And, you know, we've done a a decent job of just trying to mix and match, like, you know, our, our best players out there from an offensive line standpoint. So... You know, I, we we ended up like kind of figuring out what our best unit was and and how we could protect them a little bit more. I didn't even really put the O line in situations that we gonna have to be sustaining, uh, trying to block those defensive ends. I thought App State's defensive ends were just, you know, they're really good players. You know, you watch them get after Texas A and M and. And uh, you're like, we need to try to take off as much heat on these tackles as we possibly can. But I really thought that we just kind of narrowed everything down and got our best players on the field that were healthy. Like we're still a little bit beat up, but if that was the main thing that we tried to do was just keep it simple, let the kids execute, get the ball in play. And, uh, uh, let them go make some plays. And that's the first time that, uh, you know, we, we made some routine plays. And and uh, that's something that's been kind of missing over the past few weeks. But, uh, you know, it's it's nothing really changed with the play calls. It was just really just kind of the, you know, the personnel that we got out there and, and, and just kind of the execution side of it. Because, you know, like these kids play hard, they fight, you know, I never questioned that at all. But sometimes our execution is very inconsistent. And uh, they went out there and they played a pretty clean football game.
1: Coach, I'm from Cedar Park. You got a couple uh, really good players from Cedar Park there, and the Bell brothers, Levi and Brian. Kind of what have they brought to that defense? You know, maybe not even just on the field, but just in the locker room. You know, as leaders, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, no, they've been awesome, man. Like they, uh, they're having a really good year too. You know, Levi is probably you know statistically one of the uh, like the better D line. Uh, one of the better D linemen's out there right now, but uh, uh, his brother Ben is uh, a great edge pass rusher as well. And, And, and these two guys love the game. Like I'm saying, they put everything they got into the game. Like, Uh, it's kind of like insane on how how crazy they are about the game. Like they're they're always talking about, you know, their diets and they do bullet blood work and they talk about, you know, the the effects of how that like maybe a certain like food, you know, affects how they how they sleep or how they play or, you know, it's 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 pretty intense on what they do. They they're they're gym rats, they're in their lifting all the time. They're they're always working on their defensive line moves. And uh, I think that's kind of rubbed off on everybody else. You know, it just shows the passion that they have and, and how much this game means to them and and uh, they see the success that they're having out there on the field. And, uh, you know, you, you see all the extra work they're putting in. And, and once you like early in the year, you didn't see very many guys, you know, up there getting the extra work in. And now gradually you're seeing more and more guys come up into the facility and uh, get the extra work in with uh, the Bell brothers. So they've already made a huge impact on our program. And, uh, you know, we're halfway through the season. And then I can see them, uh, you know, continuously building off of what they're already doing right now. And uh, uh, they're on, on path to have a really good, uh, really good season, both of them.
1: And then as a play caller on offense, when the defense is not only getting stops, but they're scoring points as well, does that change anything in how you approach the game this year or how you feel like your offense needs to score points because the defense is playing better that you know, maybe you don't have to take as many chances or throw the ball around as much? or you know, how, does that, how does that impact your offensive play and calling with the complementary football?
2: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. The complimentary football side of it—that's that's the first time we've done that, you know, in, in a while here at Texas State. And and you look at the first half, and uh, we jumped out on him. You know, it's twenty-four to three at halftime, and uh, you know, we just we were playing football at that point. We were doing our, our our execution on offense and defense and playing complimentary ball. But when you got into the second half, and and Tori Spears got that pick six to make it thirty-three, uh, yeah, your philosophy changes, and so did theirs. We got them out of their game plan. You know, I would have never. Uh, would have thought that app state would have thrown it 53 times in the second half <laughs> uh which is you know uh, is is not the, their game so we got them out of their game and uh that allowed us to kind of get into more of a, a four minute type uh, situation of ball control run clock and and try to do high efficient plays and and uh, our guys executed it pretty well in the second half and uh, uh but that like when the defense is playing well and we and we are sustaining the lead uh we were kind of playing that whole game of you know let's make it a three possession game and kick field goals wait like you know burn a lot of time kick field goals and and uh you know uh once we got them to burn their timeouts you know we knew that the game was pretty much over at that point and, uh, a lot of that has to do with how high, high of a level our defense is playing right now
0: one uh couple for me a couple more for me i should say defensively you guys have really hit a new level this season what kind of has clicked for Z Spav and that side of the ball is just more continuity there this year um, as compared to compared to last where you guys were kind of bringing in different guys. Obviously, the secondary is healthier than it's been in the past as well. Um, but in particular, we mentioned the Bell Brothers and the rush defense. But, you know, what what kind of clicked in the offseason and execution wise for those guys this year?
2: I think it's the depth. I think that you know we recruited really well up front, and you know you got the Bell brothers there, and then you have Jordan Rebels who's already kind of came mm-hmm. back, and uh, you have Nelson Mibanasour, uh, who's uh, a very solid player as well. Um, You know. Uh, You just kind of look at, like, and you also got Dominique Ratcliffe and Nico Isidore there. Those guys are uh, a lot more depth where we don't have to, like, full sell, like, you know, completely change our entire scheme when we do have injuries. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, we can stay in a four down front. We can get a pass rush. We can play some more zone. We can protect guys in the back end. You know, know, we are healthier in the back end. But, uh, you know, we still have – um, you know, some issues with some depth, you know, uh, we're losing some to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like it, with the with us having a better front in terms of just the being able to pass rush and not having to pressure all the time uh, allows us to protect a lot of these guys. And I, th- I think that's, you know, what uh, has really made it easier on Zach, because. You know, in the past, like if we had an injury go down, then we'd have to sub into a three down, you know, front and we'd have to start playing some of that drop eight just to protect some guys. And, you know, you'd have to either sell out for the run or sell out for the pass. Now we can play base defense and and, uh, you know, do what we want to do, you know, on a consistent level in just terms of just the operational side of it, because we've got some pretty good personnel right now. So.
0: And uh, for me, you know, since I, since I was a student there a while back and then even when I covered the team. You know, after two weeks, looking at James Madison, the loss two two years ago or two weeks ago, I should say, it was it's hard to imagine that you would get a home crowd like that that you guys got last week. Even you know, with I guess my question is, talk about the administration and kind of the support you've kind of seen in that regard because it's very easy for them to look at, oh, they lost, however, to James Madison and not show up, right? But you guys, like you mentioned, get one of the best crowds. I mean, I think Bill Colhane, a uh, former play, uh, color guy, said it was the probably the best crowd he's seen since uh 2014 win over arkansas state which got them uh, six or seven wins that year you know what what have you seen has there been a a noticeable change on your part that you've seen from the administration and kind of the overall support of the program
2: no i think uh i think the the biggest change has been our new president Mm -hmm. you know our new Mm -hmm. president's done such he's such an active guy you probably follow him on twitter i think (laughs) the guy's a machine i think he's a robot he's just everywhere and you know and, and he's really just trying to engage the community and, and get more people involved with not just football with with everything texas state and uh that's the, the biggest difference i've seen you know is it's just how engaged our president is how active he is and in, in terms of like if you like, you'll look up in the in the middle of the game on the jumbotron and he's in the student section and he's like shooting He's shooting T-shirts out of a gun to, to the crowd, and then he's over in the band with the band, and then he's with the strutters, and then he's with the cheerleaders, and he's with the uh, the fraternities and sororities, and then he's down on the t- like on the sidelines shaking all the players' hands. Like I'm saying, he's he's just active and and uh, he's just engaging more people in this community and, and getting them to come out and and uh, he he really is. Uh, he really loves sports, you know, like he really does believe that, you know, sports drive the university forward. And and uh, he's always about, you know, find doing do whatever he can to, uh, you know, make sure that like the football team's good or just, you know, any sport in general. Because at the end of the day, when you have successful uh, sports or you have like a night like what we had Saturday night and a great crowd and a, and a great win, uh, you know, that's going to yeah. increase enrollment. And that's going to bring more people back to Texas State. So yeah. that, that's the biggest thing I've seen is uh, is uh, the how active our president is.
1: Coach, last question before we let you out of here. Obviously, a big win, and now you got to go on the road. The sun, sun Belt's always, you know, tough week in and week out. How do you go about, you know, letting your team have fun and celebrate that App State win and everything that comes with it, but also getting, letting them know that it doesn't really matter if we don't back it up with good performances?
2: Yeah, no, again, you're exactly right on that as well. We've been addressing that all week. I, I thought the kids, uh, I thought the guys, you know, handled it well. They, they enjoyed Saturday night and, you know, and, Deservingly. Um, uh, but like after that, they came in Sunday and then we locked it back in. They, they know that we're halfway through the season and we still got a lot of ball to play, and we know how many ups and downs are in this Sun Belt League. And how tough it is, and you just you watch how crazy college football is in general right now. But that uh, these kids understand the importance of trying to you know put another consistent game back to back. You know, like we've been struggling on the road. We're zero three on the road. We're three zero at home, and and uh, they're they're pretty adamant on trying to find a way to figure it out versus a really good Troy team. I think Troy's one of the you know one of the better teams in the league right now, playing at a high level. You know they're. You know they lost to uh, on a hell mary to App State, which was an insane game. But besides that, like they've been they've been consistently just dominating teams by playing complementary football. And uh, it's going to be a tough challenge. It's their homecoming game, good crowd uh, versus a team that's playing very well together. And but th- at the end of the day, like every week's going to be that way. And and our kids understand the importance of you know continuously getting better throughout the course of of our season. And and uh, we we've got to keep chipping away. But like the thing I like about them is is you know every Wednesday we meet with our leadership group and. Uh, you know they really talk about the importance of you know just bringing people along and, and having energy on the road and and uh, being really locked in with a great sense of urgency uh, uh, to, to beat teams like this. So you know they're they're, they're engaged right now and uh, you know I, I know that they're not uh, uh, you know overlooking Troy you know or anything of that nature. they They, they enjoyed their moment last week. Uh, we're Sa State, and I think they're ready to try to go you know take another shot at another great team this weekend.
0: All right, Spav. Always a pleasure, man. You go. You go. Finish that game planning for Troy.
2: <laughs> I appreciate you guys, man. Hope all is well.
0: All right, Later. same to you. Bye. All right, there goes Tech State head coach Jake Spavadol. I mean, we hit it on. We hit on it. You know, let's wrap up the thought, Our thoughts on Tech State Troy. Like you mentioned, if they don't follow up a big win with looking good, right? They don't have to. It's going to be tough to beat this Troy team. They're really clicking right now, like you mentioned. But. They're still a really good team. They beat Western Kentucky. We know how good they can be, or they are, I should say. And you're on the road as well. Tough environment. If you come out and, let's say, have a James Madison performance, right, then last week looks a little like, all right, what happened? But if they come out, look a lot better, look like that composed team, that team that really was focused in on a game plan, defense, maybe make some plays. Okay, we'll see what happens at that point. And then you're looking at last week as building towards something.
1: Play a complete football game, don't beat yourself, make Troy beat you. I mean sometimes on the road against better competition you mm-hmm. lose games, yeah. right? But you know, don't show up flat. Don't show up looking like, you know, you won the Super Bowl the week right. before and that kind of stuff. If that App State game isn't followed up with good performances, then it looks like an aberration. Yeah. You know, if you can turn this into not just wins, but just two, three, four really good performances in a row, then all of a sudden everybody in that locker room, everybody in the stands, everybody who's paying attention goes, something's different with Texas State. And that helps everywhere.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're three and three right now. We did not have them winning last week. So that's one in the pocket that we didn't expect. So who knows what happens? I mean, there are winnable games still on the schedule to get to bowl eligibility. We'll see. Mallory, let's move on to our... Do we call this the Wide Zone or is that... I forgot what we call this. Of
3: course. It okay. cra- was Craven's idea. I was just making <laughs> sure. I, didn't, I remember gave him it was, credit last I week. I couldn't
0: remember if it was this or the Sunday show that we called it the Wide Zone Rundown or whatever. My bad.
3: Well, it's this one. All right. So well, let's get to run it. Poor the Craven. Wide zone, like, then. He comes up with a good idea and no, you, can't, I even it was <laughs> you I didn't can't even remember. the Wide Zone. I can't even remember. if it
0: was Wednesday <laughs> or Sunday. Right. But anyway. Anyways, I don't, I don't enjoy
1: how... Uh, Mallory is so impressed that I came up with a good idea. Because I'm it, not
0: impressed that you came up with a <laughs> good idea. To like, me, I am giving
1: crazy.
3: you right. lots of You're credit. No, right. that's not how it is. Right. You like, know, that's wow. not how it is. You did, wow. you did a thing. No, you know, that's not how it's it like is. Like
0: you tussle your hair. That's right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How I treat talking.
3: <laughs> Pat you on the back. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm. Do- all right, let's just move on. <laughs> let's let's uh let's get into our first uh wide zone game of the week. SMU taking on Navy at home this Friday at 6.30 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. SMU coming in as 13.5 point favorites. The over-under is set at 57.5. Do you think this is a little bit high? The line is a little bit high for SMU?
1: Navy's super bad
0: they, well, I, I, they if, got a good defense, though. they I'm, got a good total defense. I was about to say, is it bad that I'm nervous about this game now? I think this could yes, be a sneaky would be defense. because
1: SMU doesn't win this game by double digits. <laughs> There's something going on on the hilltop that needs to be fixed. They're too talented at home yeah. on a three-game losing streak. we got to remember, those games are against Power 5 teams that they've lost. Maryland, Power 5 team. TCU, yeah. Power 5 they team. They play U- Maryland pretty well. UCF, for the most part, Power 5 team. They're yeah. up 13-10 and a half. What Navy does well...
0: SMU is well right pretty now. good at And they're also not doing well this season. Yeah,
1: they're not game. doing it well right now. Yeah. If SMU was an air raid spread, or I mean, if Navy was an air raid spread the ball out team, I'd go, oh, okay, this is <laughs> a yeah. problem. Because we saw UCF's not a passing team, and they passed the ball all over the place. SMU secondary is really bad. Yeah. Navy is more of a grinded into the dust ground type team right. that relies on the trenches, and that's where SMU is best. And then here's my other point. I think Tanner Mordecai is going to have a big game. I think Rhett Lashley is going to do anything and everything he to can build to back up. build some confidence back up because they're starting to be a, should we see some Preston Stone type right. conversations going on. Mordecai's thrown as many interceptions, which is five, as touchdowns in this three-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. I think Mordecai has one of those 400-yard, four-touchdown. Rasheed Rice catches 200 yards. And Rhett Lashley, who's the head coach and the play caller, does everything possible to just get that dude some confidence. Yeah.
0: That's fair. I could say that. I could see that. Um, I guess I'm nervous because they only lost by six to a pretty good Air Force team. Navy did. I'm not saying they're good, right? I think Navy's bad. They're, I believe they're in the 90s and rushing, and that's what the triple option Flexbone's about. They, <laughs> they're supposed to be at least a team that's in the upper half, at least, of the country. Um, they've also held their opponents to
3: pretty low-scoring games, they've too. Been, they've, they've, they, they've that's been, the thing yeah. that
0: makes me nervous, is they've made it ugly, right? That's, yeah. And that's why kind of their games have been unwatchable, is because when they're unwatchable on offense, they make the rest of the game unwatchable. Now, to their credit Air Force also runs triple option they could be just yeah. perfectly schemed against that and so that just made that just made for a good matchup for them who knows i don't know how good tulsa is they blew out they had a really kind of a their best showing of the year against tulsa last week i i don't i don't want to look at it as like a trajectory game one team's going up one team's going down whatever i think smu has the right scheme to absolutely dismantle navy right they're awful against the pass they're 131 which is yeah. second or third <laughs> to last in the country versus the pass so, my hope is, yes, we see the simple game plan, get Tanner Mordecai going, and basically just have, and this, you know, he's at home, it's all good, like, it should be a very calm game plan for them, right? Don't make it complicated, just get it done. You're I like might be hair? at
1: this one, it depends on if my colon stays in my body.
0: <laughs> well, let's... I, I, I'm not supposed to laugh, but you made it like a dry joke, so... Self-deprecating
1: humor is all I got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
0: God, Move on, Malik. Terrible. <laughs> get Jeez. the camera off. We're trying to... Get- <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on here. Up next, we've got UTSA taking on FIU, and I believe this one is at FIU. It doesn't matter. Um, this it, it, I was gonna <laughs> it really say. Doesn't matter. <laughs> this is gonna be a ninety-minute game. Like this is gonna be a ninety-minute game over and over very quickly. It's at th- uh, this Friday at seven p.m. You can watch it on CBS Sports Network. UTSA coming in as thirty-two point. Favorites, the over-under set at 64.
1: Ish, I watch a lot of National Geographic. That won't shock anybody who knows me. Uh, you ever seen the killer whales where they like take seals out into the middle of the ocean <laughs> and then circle them and then let the kids practice hunting or whatever. That's what UTSA is going to do to FIU. Gonna they're going to drag them bad. out into deep water. Oh, yeah. And then Frank Harris is going to go sit on the sideline and drink some, you know, Kool-Aid, do right. whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And the young Roadrunners are yes. going to get out there and learn how to play with food a little bit. I
0: was about to say, it's like the killer whales throwing up the seals. Yeah, like yeah. they're just yeah. tossing them up. Yeah, yeah, It's bad. Look, uh, I'm going <laughs> to reference Parker, uh stats War on Twitter. He does win probability. I don't think I've ever seen a win probability this 99.3 win probability. The I only one say. I've
1: seen bigger was the Texas Louisiana Monroe win.
0: That's a yeah, that's a good point. Cuz it was
1: like 99.9 9 or that's something. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, yeah th- it's bad. If I use bad. They're they're it's a it's probably I think it's the youngest team in college football. They're basically playing a high a bunch of high school seniors <laughs> right now. Um and yeah, it's a long long rebuilding process for them. UTSA is a functional machine so
1: the, the only thing that's gonna stop UTSA is the city of Miami yeah <laughs> yes,
0: yes. As, yeah. as long as they can keep them like
1: sequestered as into lo- their hotel room on yes. Friday night and or then, Thursday yeah, I was night. Gonna
3: say, well, this game is is a Friday right. game so yeah. Yeah. it should be that's easier. probably good
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> although Thursday in Miami is better than Saturday in San Antonio I'm gonna tell you that right
0: yeah,
3: now. yeah. We'll, we'll see uh,
0: if point. you want to see some Eddie Lee Marburger taste <laughs> yeah I was gonna say how yeah. quickly are we gonna see ElM
3: cook I mean look I
0: in my hope late second quarter like or you maybe frank gets in a halftime whatever then you just see eddie for the whole second half there's no reason to have frank play the whole game so not at all what's next
3: let's move on to texas versus iowa state this one could also be considered one of our games of the week just because it will probably be pretty good Mm -hmm. saturday at 11 a.m on abc texas coming in as six and a half sixteen and a half point favorites the over under set at 49 and a half
1: did the state of Iowa outlaw offense and just not tell anybody I know we're just outlawing things now with states (laughs) I can't keep track
0: I think Iowa states at least trying uh (laughs) Iowa Uh, Iowa is like purposefully (laughs) not trying right well that's nepotism (laughs) yeah this is just plain nepotism on their part
1: (laughs) the cyclones (laughs) are bad and I would like to make this point yeah you remember how like last year we talked about the five-star culture versus the five-star players sure as soon as the starting running back for the Jets left Iowa State, it doesn't look like that five-star culture works as much no, anymore. It's no. almost like, and stay with me here, Yeah, stars matter. Yeah, Texas should dominate this football game. Iowa State can't score enough points to keep this one close. Iowa State's stop rate is excellent. They're a really good defense. They're always going to play good defense there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Texas has too many weapons to not score 30-ish points. Sure. And I don't think if I gave Iowa State eight quarters, they would score 30 points. This Texas defense is pretty good. Yeah.
0: No, exactly. I think the only games Iowa has been in are the ones that are just like unwatchably ugly. Yeah right. They beat Iowa, which it was again set football back 30 years, 10 to seven, right. <laughs> they lost to Kansas State last week 10 uh, 10 to nine, right They beat <laughs> they lost to Kansas 14 to 11. This is a very bad team, just bad to watch team. They're a good, they're a fine team, right as terms of like just like the overall standings of the country. They're a fine team. They're a bad to watch team. Texas should not, and I don't think they will because that's not Sark's MO. He's not going to get caught into a quote-unquote slugfest, right? He's not going to make it ugly. He wants His offense is very pretty to watch, and he's not going to get dragged down into this. He's going to have, if it does get ugly, okay, he has two bell cows. that is just going to make it easy for him to call this offense. And, of course, Quinn Ewers looked incredible last week. He has game breakers on offense. By the way, Texas' defense is good enough to even – even whatever Iowa State can muster on offense, it won't be enough because Texas' defense looks like they can tackle again. So, yeah, I agree. I think this will be a nice. Last week was an, uh, a nice showing, right? I think Oklahoma's bad, but I think this week will be a nice test because they're going against that five-star culture, right? Here's a team that's well coached. They are what they are. They know their style. They know how they got to win. How they have to win games. Texas can't get dragged into that. I don't think they will. I think they're too talented to. But let's see it, right? Let's see what happens. Like we saw it against Tech where they got trapped into a game. Uh, crap, we're up. Eh, lollygag around. Tech's back in it. Can't happen this week. Don't think it will. Texas pretty comfortably.
1: Yeah, they're exercising demons this year, and one of the ones that they need to is just to win a physical battle. Yeah. You know, like go win a fist fight. Yeah. And so if Texas can go beat Iowa State by double digits, cover the spread. I was about or, to know, say, just
0: like go embarrass a right. team that wants to win a fist fight. Right. That's like, okay, that's, that's what – like again, not saying this year, but like that's what national title contenders do, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, we got to get this physical, and they're like, cool haymaker, right? Right, <laughs> right to the we right can to the beat face. you this way,
1: we can beat you that way. Yes. Texas needs to get back to that. We we clearly know they got stars. Mm-hmm. Can that offensive line, defensive line, just go win a sixty minute fist fight? I think they can.
0: Oh yeah, I think so too.
3: All right, two more to go. Up next, Rice playing FIU at F- FAU, excuse me, this Saturday at five PM. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. FAU favored by four. The
0: over/under set at fifty-six. Hoot, mf, and hoot. Hoot yeah. versus hoot. Hoot versus hoot. hoot oh my goodness! Hoot. It is a hoot off. Um, it is a hoot off. <laughs> That's I don't. A good way to put it. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. Quite, I mean, this is a home field advantage, right? Basically, more or less. Well,
1: so here's here's the thing. Uh-huh. Gambling is not a predictor. That's fair, right? Yeah. That line it's just is not what a, People are throwing right. money down, and yeah. people yeah. still think Rice is Rice, and they still think FAU is FAU, right? Yeah, and it has not been the case. No. Rice is much better than they usually are. FAU is not as good as what we think of as FAU in our head.
0: I think people. still I mean, like, I know he. D- I know he hasn't coached there for a while, but I think people still think, "Oh, Lane Kiffin." They've just kept yep. that train right. going. Exactly. Right?
1: I would be surprised if this line doesn't leak under a, a field goal to like two and a half, three, mm. where it's just a pick up game, pick 'em game. Bad teams tend to not play well on the road, but I'm not sure Rice is a bad team. I don't think they're bad They play team. good defense. They play solid offense. The special teams are, are good. Uh, that travels. Yeah. And so if they can control the football and not turn it over, again, we talk about this all. If TJ McMahon doesn't mm-hmm. throw interceptions, Rice is a solid football team that will be bowl eligible. And their two losses, they've given up 50 points. Yeah. And their three wins, they've given up 18.3. So – for me, and a lot of that is because the offense has put them in bad positions in those losses and in the wins, they've done a good job of taking care of the football. So this is another one of those box score games where if Rice doesn't lose the turnover margin, I, not only do they cover, I think Rice wins this football game and could be on track to be bowl eligible by the end of October.
0: Yeah, which is nuts. Um, I think similarly to FAU's game against North Texas, I think they'll have the best player on the field Nikosi Perry, but North Texas – Kept him relatively in check. He played a good game, but they were able to kind of match some of his explosiveness with their own offense. I don't think Rice can let that happen because I don't think they have those type of players that I think North Texas does that can, you know, they can, system wise, playmaking wise, North Texas has those players on offense that Rice doesn't. I don't know if they have that at Rice to be able to stop if Nikosi Perry throws for 300 yards, right? And so I believe he's at 15 touchdowns and five interceptions. So he's playing a pretty good, he's playing a pretty calm year so far. I, again, this is, I can look at what Nicosi Perry does and I can say if Rice wins this game or not.
1: It feels like a really important stretch for Rice because they have FAU, LaTex, Charlotte, and UTEP up next. And Mm -hmm. they need to win three out of those four games to get bowl eligible. And the reason I say that is because they end at Western Kentucky, at home against UTSA, and then at North Texas. Yeah. Those are hard games to win. I think those are three out of the four best teams in the conference probably. Sure. And so you can't kind of – these are the type of games if you're Rice and you Two have these on the these, road,
0: by the way. Western Kentucky and North Texas on the road. Right.
1: So. And so this feels like not a must-win game, but that margin of error gets smaller and smaller to reach a bowl game every year. And if they don't get to six wins, it's going to feel like a letdown yeah. because they stole that win against Louisiana. They changed the math. They're on path. Go beat a team that you're as good at. Yeah.
3: If they win this game – And play, you know, a clean football game. Do you think that we could pretty much pencil them in for six wins?
1: They should be able to beat Charlotte at home.
0: I'll say light pencil. Yeah. Yeah. Pencil's good. Number one. Number one. (laughs) Number number three pencil. (laughs) Maybe that's a a number one pencil. Number one's a light pencil. Maybe not a pen. Yeah. But a pencil. If I'm
1: allowed an eraser. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right, right. You know, a a a pencil's good. A pencil's good. Because, you know, Charlotte's a win. That's four right there. Uh Uh-huh. Law Tech on the road. You know, we'll we'll know more about Law Tech after this week than we know right now. I I do think they're better than UTEP. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think if they win this game. And they look
3: convincing. Yeah. Yeah, and they look good.
1: I mean, coming off a of bye week, yeah, I think they're a bowl team. I really do. I really do think they're a bowl team. I was about to say, I think they have the quality of a bowl team, definitely. Yeah. Sure. Right. I like that. Now, they're not deep enough to handle any injuries.
3: Right. True. That's, so like, that's their downfall right clean. there. They got to yeah. stay
1: healthy. That bye week came at a perfect time. Like, they couldn't have – I mean, it's dead middle in the center mm-hmm. of, the, mm-hmm. of, of the schedule. And so, yeah, I think if everything goes right, I think – I really do. I think Rice is a bowl team.
3: Speaking of Rice, too, sort of, kind of, didn't you mention to me-ish yesterday that Jake Bailey – of SMU is oh, yeah, out SMU, for the yeah. rest of the Yeah, I should have mentioned that off the season? top. I forgot. He was announced out yeah, for the rest of the year. Yeah, he's so out for the year. That's a
0: huge loss for that passing attack because he, was starting, SMU, yeah. Yeah, he was starting to come around. Yeah, he was starting to come around. He's talented. Yeah, yeah, very talented. So,
3: All right, let's round it all out with Baylor playing West Virginia this, is that right, Thursday? Thursday, tomorrow. Tomorrow, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, <laughs> it starts It starts tomorrow. Week oh 7 starts goodness. tomorrow. At 6 p.m., you can watch it on FS1. Baylor coming in as three-and-a-half point favorites. The over-under set at 54 and that, is that Is that like kind of insulting that that line is so low th- to th- Baylor, at least? I, I think Are people p-
1: don't know what to think of Baylor. I was about to say. Yeah, West, I marks. don't think West
0: Virginia is very good. Yeah. I think that, that Texas score flatters them. There was a 38-20. Yeah. I think that flatters them a lot. Um, they did have a solid, now that we know that Kansas is good, (laughs) they had a solid show against Kansas, right? But I still, yeah, I still think they're the worst team in the big 12, but as Mike Craven said, it's pretty solid, right? Throw them in Mm -hmm. any other conference, they're probably closer to middle of the pack. I think it's more of an indication that people don't know what to expect from Baylor. They don't know if... Blake Shapin's going to be consistent they don't know if Richard Reese is going to be a consistent established run guy for them their defense has not been as good as it was last year I know they lost playmakers but it's still you would think Dave Aranda would have like a structure in place I don't know I mean I still obviously lean Baylor but I mean I it would not surprise me if we look at this is a one score game in the fourth quarter we're like what's happening
1: because that Baylor secondary can get got yeah, mm-hmm. if you get enough time to get the ball out, West Virginia can throw the ball around. You know, they they run an air raid. They're they're going to score some points. Graham Harrell up there calling plays and stuff like that. The offense is that's getting right. better and better each week. Um, I think this is going to be. This is going to sound weird. I think this is going to be one of those games where Baylor has to outscore West Virginia, hmm. and that that's where the the concern comes from. Baylor is this is no longer a defense where you can go. We just need to score twenty five points. We're going to win this football game. Right. If we get to thirty, we're undefeated. Yeah, and now after what Oklahoma state did, what BYU's done, um, even, I mean, Texas state had some success through the air and Mm -hmm. and scored some points offensively. So this is no longer that shut down Baylor defense where the offense just has to hang on and score some points and and play ball control. Baylor's, you know, Blake shaping and that offense is going to have to go out and do some stuff. I think this line is too close. I I would lean Baylor minus three and a half, maybe Mm -hmm. just by the hook, make it Baylor minus three. Uh, but, West Virginia can score well enough to where you could look up and this thing's like 35 31, and West Virginia has the ball last and you're worried about it.
0: Right. Yep. Exactly. So I think, again, lean Baylor, but there are enough questions to where it's a little concerning. Um, it could be a little concerning depending on how the game plan ir- irons out. Um, like you mentioned, this is going to have to be a little bit more of the Blake shape and Richard Reese type of game um, and their field position. I would say they they have not had the best field position. They're one Oh six and starting field position in the country. So they've had that offense has had to do a lot because that defense isn't kind of giving them really any easy situations. Yeah, they
1: don't, they just don't create a lot of big plays. Yeah. I know we think of big plays as offense, but it's as equally important defensively.
0: Well, to be, to also be fair, I think they're also putting themselves offensively. It's kind of, it's, it's complimentary right uh, spavdall talked about complimentary football as well i think the offense in addition has been a little conservative on early downs i mean they're 93rd in, or yeah 93rd in first uh, percentage on first and, uh, percentage on early downs right and so i i think they're not really putting themselves so they're setting themselves up to where uh third and 10 blake shapin has got to throw you know into double coverage or something and find an open miss receiver out of nowhere
1: cuz here's the dirty secret yeah that offensive line isn't as good.
0: Oh no, it's not. It's not very good at all.
1: And that was supposed to be their bread and butter. Yeah, you know, they they returned four guys. They returned Cal, uh, Connor Galvin, the Big Twelve offensive lineman of the year. They mashed people Eric last Kittarius year they back of the line, right? Coach. Yeah. I mean, they they brought back center, uh, two guards, and a tackle. Yeah, and they were supposed to be really good, and they just have not. They
0: looked like they found something in the run game, right? Uh, offensive the offensive line has, but. Yeah, it, Blake Chapin's running a lot more than I think they anticipated. Yeah,
1: and so that's, what's, that's what stops them. Uh, for, they're a first down run team, get to second to six, and figure it out from there. Yeah. They hadn't been able to do that as much this year.
0: Exactly. And if you're
3: wondering why there are not many games this week, we've got four teams that are idle. Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Houston, and UTEP a bunch all of teams that need a bye. <laughs> off this week. All teams that absolutely need and will take advantage of that bye week. Now, before we go, I mm-hmm. do want to ask a question. Yep. How much – if you've got a team – if you're on a bye week this week for these four teams, how much preparation do you do versus how much relaxing time do you do? The Coaches or players. You know? Let's go – Let's
1: go, players. Uh, players get to relax a little bit more. Uh, is it going to be more mental rep stuff? Get, yeah. back right. them, get back into the weight room. Do some film for the coaches. It may be busier than a game week because oh, so you are, might get one day because you're right. you're self scouting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you turn around, and you start point. scouting yourself, and so you know coaches never take a break. They're addicts. Yeah. Like this yeah. is they're they're you know to the wall the whole the whole year. Right. I think this it's better for the players because these are 18 to 22 year olds that can take a step back who can. You know, take a week, get get better in the classroom, mm-hmm. take care of some of that yeah. stuff that yeah. you need to, those bumps and bruises that have been adding up. You know, it's not only just six weeks of the football season, it's four weeks of training camp too. Right. You know, yeah. So they've been going at it for 10 weeks, get to rest your body. You're not going to hit as much, but you're going to do as many mental reps as you normally
3: do. Right.
0: Yep. Cool. So Yeah, I think I like so. It. That'll be, I mean, like you mentioned, a bunch of teams that need – Yeah, need need some rest, (laughs) (laughs) especially UTEP. (laughs) Yep, there we go. So that'll do it for us. Like I said, uh, every week we'll be back on Sunday with a recap episode. All three of us should be back. Mallory, again, is not at Michigan State. Well, this as week. far
3: as you know, I may oh, buy a ticket true. at the last moment like I did last all week. And right, yeah, that's fair. Just tell yeah. you guys, hey, I'm not going to be here on Sunday. I'm going right, East Lansing.
0: Right. So right, that's fine. You never I, know. Uh,
1: Yeah, she vacations in <laughs> Michigan on the weekends.
0: <laughs> that's a good vacation. She has a lake house. There's a lake yeah. in East Lansing? I don't know. Is there? Yeah. Is no, there? no. I, like, I don't know where East Lansing is in Michigan. I don't
3: know. It's, it's, it's like two hours outside of Detroit, like oh, okay. east of Detroit. All
0: right. like, I
1: was trying to think. I don't know were Michigan. When's the last Saturday in the fall? that you didn't spend working
0: like in my life?
1: Yeah. Like in the fall and during football season, a weekend,
0: like, like as I've, since I've been in this industry. Yeah. Sophomore year of college probably. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Because I, I went so, right from this to was, being a beat I was so jealous. <sighs> I know, right? <laughs> I was so jealous to be yeah. able to take a weekend in the middle that's of October nice. to just like and to go to like awesome venue, right. like a Big Ten right. game against another power Big Ten power. Just like get away a, from it for a little yeah. while. To be so.
3: fair, to be fair, I want to put this on record. I did work pretty much. No, no, I was about a to say, lot yeah, of the I, time. I knew you were like dying. I oh, did no. work. I did. I did work. Like I put the podcast And I and I did. I had to take a couple of like text and live phone calls and stuff on Friday and did my normal. I think it was more too. But I did. I at least got to go up there and work from home. Sure, basically. sure. I think,
0: like t- uh, to your point, I think it was more like to attend a game as a fan, like that, to like yeah. take in that. Cause, right. Like, that was I like, guess that's a good. Point. That's a better yeah. way to put it. Is like to put because like you, you uh, for those of you that don't know, she got sideline passes. She was like really there to experience a cool I got the event. Full experience, right. yeah. Not everybody can go to a Power Five program get you know, get that pregame experience and then get good seats and be the, like that. That's something that I cool. do miss that. I i mean, we did it this year for Baylor. So I, I guess technically I did it, but I also, we still worked to some extent uh, that day as well. But um, that's a cool experience that I do kind of miss as a fan to be able to. That's yeah. really cool. So. That, I guess
1: that's what I meant. It's yeah, like yeah. have right, a weekend right. to where you could like, just experience it as a game, fan. And right. And not have to, have to write about it or right. do well, interviews or go to press conferences and yeah. stuff like that. I just I don't think I've done it since college.
3: Well, I, I could have gone there to work, but you guys don't want me to talk about it, so I don't (laughs) talk about it. So I could have been there to work, but you guys don't let me mention
0: them. The write up from (laughs) Ohio State, Michigan State.
1: You'd be the first one to attend a college game other than me and write something up about
3: it. (laughs) It'd be really short. (laughs) Ohio State. I'll give you. I'll give you CJ Stroud's box score. It's the score. (laughs) Yeah, literally.
1: You worried about Mel Tucker?
3: No. no not at all. Well, I'm not going to go contract. all in. I'm not going to go all into it. But like these are still D'Antonio's guys. You know, they're not Mel and Tucker's also, guys and they're going that
0: contract. Not, is, yeah, they gave him a Jimbo million. contract. They gave him a Jimbo they special did. right. There. Not worried. Not worried. All right. So, with that being said, reminder we'll be back Sunday. Uh, every Wednesday we will be here streaming live Twitter Facebook, Instagram or Instagram, I don't know Instagram. Uh, YouTube, I should say. Uh, we'll be here at 2 previewing the week. Like I mentioned, check the recap show. Usually, Sunday afternoonish. By the time you're indulging in NFL Sunday, uh, Mike Craven has his midseason uh, team up for uh, all Texas on TexasFootball.com. Go check that out. Go yell at him for whatever player he missed out on. Max Duggan. <laughs> I was about to say TCU. Uh, oh, so yeah, TCU fans, go light his go light his mentions up. It was all him. Uh, and <laughs> with that being said, no, I'm kidding. It was all of us. It's fine. Uh, but seriously, go message him about it. <laughs> 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 with that being said, we have interviewed 12 of the eventual 13, and we're starting to get dual interviews on the show. FBS has yes, been on here twice. Yeah, Spavittal, Sonny Dykes have done it been twice, on here twice now. So, with that being said, Jimbo Fisher, give us a call. Go Ruckers.